You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Eater's Digest, a show about all things food and dining. I'm Amanda Clute, Editor-in-Chief of Eater. And my name is Daniel Janine. I am a producer at Eater. Uh, Amanda, what's, what's going on? Oh my gosh, what isn't going on, Daniel? What isn't going on? Pageants? Yeah. Some stadiums? Some rock and roll concerts? Amanda, we have a super fun episode today. We have Chef Edgar Rico and Sarah Martabagi from uh, Nixta Taqueria in Austin, one of my favorite restaurants. They are going to talk to us about going through the blizzard, about the insane updates to the mask mandates in Texas, what it's like for Austin to just be growing at a crazy rate, and uh, slinging tacos. And then we, me and you, are going to talk about some fun stuff in the world. Oh, yeah. Gwyneth has cured COVID with kimchi. Cool, Um, cool. Um, Love to hear it. The... You know, it may be the end of the line for the avocado toast. There's been some sad closures. Uh, we should definitely talk about this recipe website that made. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, recipesly. <laughs> I've actually never heard it said out loud yet, so that was that was the first time. Um, and you know, some more fun stuff. But you know, Great. as as always, uh, we'll talk about some 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 important things, and then we'll try to lighten up the mood. All right. First up, let's get to Edgar and Sarah from Nixta Taqueria. Sarah and Edgar, thank you guys so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having us. Uh, so first of all, would you mind, for those who don't know, and I feel sorry for those who don't know, would you I- explain what your restaurant is? Um, I mean, we're a taqueria at base, at most base level <laughs> taqueria. Um, but we specialize specifically in uh, heirloom varieties of corn for our tortillas. Um <laughs> We gather corn from all parts of Mexico, but specifically from Oaxaca, um, specializing in definitely ancient breeds of corn. We want to talk to you guys about the the blizzard, but what state has the restaurant been in leading up to February? Were you guys doing takeout, delivery, indoor, outdoor? Like, lay that out for our audience. It's about a 50-50 split, honestly, between um, curbside orders. So we're getting a lot of people still doing to go, still following the CDC guidelines. Um, and then there's the other half who are more comfortable and will dine in with us. So we have two primary areas. Um, we have a small covered patio, and then we have a larger backyard that um, when the pandemic hit last year, it's not technically in our lease, but he's a fellow Persian and it was love at first sight. So he let us <laughs> the uh, backyard for our purposes as well. So it's a really large 10,000 square foot space that we just set up eight different um, benches in and that's what we've been rolling with. So it's kind of been interesting. Um, our model for service has been a little bit of uh, bar service outdoors and then QR codes at every table uh, where guests can order. That's mostly what I've been focusing on. 
So do you want to talk us through what happened with the with the snowstorm to start with? Uh, really <laughs> cold. Um, we, I remember we fell asleep on Sunday and it was like 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. And I like remember my pillow was really cold. And I go look at the temperature in our house and it was already at like 30 degrees. I was like, oh shit, something's wrong. Uh, we could. Wow. Pretty cold. Uh, we were like, we could actually see our breath inside the house. So. In our home, like a horror movie. Yes, exactly. Seriously, we, we were seeing ghosts. There were, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, that whole week we were out of power in our home, which is on the same street as Nixa. We live like four minutes walking distance, and then Nixa also did not have power, electricity, water, or anything else. Um, Texas is one of those places that even when it's raining, we don't really know what to do. We're like, help! What? I'm scared. Um, so any mother really like shakes things up. And then on top of that, we're on our own electrical grid. So we had no capacity to reach out to the Eastern or Western grid to help supply power. So essentially, I think it was 70% of the city of Austin was out of power, um, for multiple days for us. It was six, like five or five six, days five here. days. Um, and it was, I mean, you couldn't get anywhere. There was, in Dallas, there was like a 100-car pileup. In Austin, there was like a 20-car pileup. People were abandoning their cars in the middle of the way. Yeah. Um, I mean, a little bit of it was like the romantic side. You're like, wow, it's beautiful snow. But then all of it starts setting in that everything is shut down. There's no grocery stores. There's no water. There's no access to food. You don't have access to water. So, um Edgar had fallen asleep into like a hyperthermic slumber and it was like the Titanic where I'm like, please don't fall asleep. Oh yeah. I remember like we had like 5% left on our like phones and we were like, there was no internet access or phone access. Yeah. For some reason, like the cell phone towers just got knocked out. So like you could maybe place a call and it might go in, but you would be on the line for like 10 minutes waiting for it to connect. We went and back checked out the status of like kind of everything that was in our fridges and we were like everything was still at temperature but we were like within two degrees so we were like man we literally have to cook all this today or like i will be heartbroken if i'm throwing away like thousands of dollars worth of food that right now people clearly need it like we can't go to grocery stores we can't go anywhere like Mm -hmm. food so this idea ran in my head i'm like called up a bunch of homies, was like, what are you guys doing? Can you get here? Whoever had the ability to came and we just started cooking. Um, It was this crazy thing of like, all right, let's clear out all the fridges and cook for like 400 people. That first day, I remember we had announced it on social media and like within an hour, people started showing up. There was an hour before we even opened, there was people lining up to go eat. And like we sold 400 meals in probably about like 30 minutes. We gave them away. We didn't wow. Yeah, we didn't sell them. We yeah, sorry. Yeah, gave them away. Like, gave like it was wild to see that many people that lined up in a snowstorm, Arctic blizzard weather, like weather to like to just get food. So we were like, damn, like this is a serious kind of need. And then through that, through that little effort, kind of people just started like blowing up our inbox and we're like, can you continue this? We have donations for y'all if you can make this happen. And we just started reaching out to farmers. We started reaching out to our local produce companies, seeing if we could 
find a way for people to, you know, get us product so we can continue this effort. And it turned into like us cooking for like a couple hundred people cooking like for thousands of people throughout this whole city. And it was just really amazing to see everyone really rally together and do something just really awesome and beautiful for our community. And at the time when people definitely needed it most, because the government did pretty much nothing except for run away to Cancun and uh, have a little vacation. And when the water process did come back on, they said that there was a boil notice, but people still didn't have power. So there was no way for them to even boil water. It, it was a total shit show, honestly. Um, but yeah, really with the community initiatives and the efforts, um, like hundreds of thousands of people throughout the city got fed, not only with unique stuff, but with other restaurants and um, grocery stores that were participating mm-hmm. in that. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, 85 degrees today. Uh, like nothing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, literally the parallels of like the week from when it happened, like, I remember Monday snowstorm by that Saturday it had all melted and it was like 75 degrees and like beautiful. So we were like, it looked like, I remember someone like commented on like, actually like one of Ted Cruz's posts that were like, you liar. I thought there was a snowstorm there. I'm like, how dare you Photoshop this fake photo? And we're like, actually, no, it's like, literally, it's really nice outside. It's not him like, you know, lying. but yeah, it's so weird to see the complete contrast in our weather here in Texas. So. Yeah. And you saw a, a lot of other restaurants doing this as well, too. So oh, it yeah. was like a whole effort across the city. But was it organized or was it just a lot of stories like yours where people were just trying to cook off what they had and then it led to more? I, yeah, I think it was a mix of definitely that. Um, I think for I mean, there was just some people who I know we had some friends who happened to own a shop in downtown they kind of went to their shop because they were like, well, power ran out and then they just kind of started cooking. And then they somehow ended up being a hub for uh, this thing that's called Austin Mutual Aid. I mean, Mm -hmm. throughout most cities, but they ended up being a hub for them. And then they ended up essentially camping out there at their restaurant for five days. Like, Oh my God. Oh, there was a lot of people's stories like that where they were like, yeah, we had no other power except for the restaurant. So we just rallied up here next to, I mean, they were telling me the other day, they were like, yeah, because it was a mutual aid site that like homeless people would just show up and they were like, yeah, we were like, gave the cots to all the homeless people and we were just sleeping on the ground. Yeah, I'm renting. like, damn, dude, you guys are like. Yeah, wow. I do love that. Uh, I think this probably speaks to like you being efficient when this happens, but talking about giving away meals and and he's like, yeah, we sold 400. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you should have seen him. He had this like um, little headlamp on the whole time. And so he was just like, trying to find people in corners like hey you got some beans for you over here like at one point there was just this giant yeti full of chili and i was like i don't know that yeah. whole day yeah you know you at that point you're just like what how do you maximize the food that you have for the most amount of people so yeah the mental- right. so what's it been like i mean now now you're now you've been put in this position where uh they've taken away the mask mandate, as you were saying, and they've also said restaurants can basically just do as they were pre-COVID, right? Like return to, to normalcy. So, does it suck to be in the position where you have to now enforce rules yourself, depending on, you know, what you want to do? Yes. Sure. I mean, people, people in the state of Texas are already, you already have those outliers that are very, you know, you're impending on my rats, uh, kind of mm-hmm. people. Um, 
And now it, it puts us really in a weird position because now it's like, well, the governor told me I, the, the thing's over. So like, why do I have to listen to you? And, mm-hmm. you know, it just puts our staff in a really weird position where we're like, hey, you know, this is our policy. Obviously, you don't have to eat here. You know, we haven't had to do that yet with anyone. But, and you know, the, the, it's, I feel like it's definitely going to get people more in that position now where those outliers that are going to have more of a reason for them to, you know, say something. So yeah, you'll always have like a little pushback. So for us, it hasn't been terrible during this time because, again, it's been a federal man- mandate. But, you know, you'll have people sort of catch some limits. They'll come in and say, like, I have asthma. I don't want to wear it. Like, you're walking three right. steps to the bathroom. You can wear a mask for that. Or, you know, we'll have a little hand sanitizer right as you enter. They're like, what are the ingredients in there? <laughs> I don't know. Alcohol. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. uh, or they'll say, I have eczema. I don't want to wear it. I'm like, okay, I understand. So there's, there's already, like, yeah, a little bit of trying to figure out how to navigate that conversation without... Right. Sounding like a dick. Um, but we'll see what happens when it actually goes into effect on, Next the, on the 10th. So yeah. this week, what Edgar and I are doing are just, we're trying to come up with formalized verbiage to share with our team to be able to relate to guests so that at least there's like a standardized way of handling it. At the end of the day, um, they're going to choose to eat here what, or not. Um, what do you think yeah. the path is forward for you guys? Is it when your staff gets vaccinated, then you can feel more comfortable opening up more? Or is it more when the case cases are down? Or is there somewhere in between? Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I definitely feel like, in my opinion, like, I think definitely getting our staff vaccinated, first and foremost, I feel like that'll at least give me at least a mm-hmm. little more reassurance. Um, but then, you know, I think... At that point, I don't really foresee, like, honestly, moving forward until maybe winter, next winter, I don't foresee us opening up our dining room because, I mean, if really we're at a point that we, if we have more tables outside than we ever did inside, I feel like, what's the point, really? I think for better or for worse, one of the one of the advantages that you have is that you have, like, a, you know, a, a loyal following of people who understand what you are as, as a restaurant, and maybe because it's not a heavy, you know, you guys don't have a lot of foot traffic where you are. People kind of seek you out. So you're not getting people wandering off the street telling you that you're infringing on their rights. It's more like people know, people kind of know what they're getting into when they're, when they're coming to the restaurant, which I think probably in this, I mean, obviously really helps. No, yeah, for sure. We're not in a very hip area of town. It's not, we happen to be across the street from section eight housing and, in between million dollar condos and uh, houses on the other side. So it's like this weird parallel on where we're at and right. the location. So yeah, we're definitely, you have to drive here to get here unless you're a neighbor. So it's not, like you said, there's not just foot traffic of people walking by. Like if you were to be on like Congress or like sixth street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, Amanda, can I, can I ask one more? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I guess uh, to wrap up, I mean, you know, for anyone who hasn't, who's in the Austin area, obviously go check out Nixta. I I don't know if I've given a stronger endorsement to anything, but um, 
Texas, I mean, Austin especially, you're, you're getting people from all walks of life kind of descending on Austin. And the city is, seems to me at least, like uh, just, you know, has obviously previously had massive waves of, of growth. But it seems like now there's, I hate to say a second wave, but like an, another wave of just massive infrastructure growth. Is it is it exciting to be there? Does it come with its frustrations or like what what is it like to be in the middle of what seems like you know half the country moving to your city? Um I mean for myself I try to not think about it, but I mean it's definitely you're seeing it more and more. I mean, obviously with the big moves of Tesla deciding to have a factory here where they're going to build all their trucks. Um Apple recently last year purchased one of the biggest plots of land ever and are about to build like this billion dollar facility here. This is, and then you hear like Google also doing it. So it's like every big player is coming here. And that means there's going to be just this huge influx of people within, I feel like the next five years. So it's, it's cool to see where we're at right now because we're kind of at the ground level of getting our business started and getting all the word out. So all these newer people that are coming here already have this kind of notion of Nixa. So it's really humbling and awesome to see people are excited about this. Um, as to where it goes though, I mean, man, sky's the limit. I mean, where we're at to the street we're on is definitely in the process of being gentrified as I mean, where people talk to me about the street where we're at 12th street, like 10 years ago was a place no one used to go. Like, but now you see these little bars starting to pop up. We were the first restaurant on the street, really on this side of the street, on the east side of the tracks um, that opened up in a few years. So it's cool to starting to see like this movement happen. Uh, There's always yeah. good and bad with growth. Um, I've seen the city change a lot in the past 10 years, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I think the hardest thing to see right now during the pandemic is that, you know, a lot of businesses, local businesses did shutter and a lot of outside firms um, are coming in and sort of scooping up that land mm -hmm. and taking away the thing that makes Austin so special, which is, yeah. you know, it, the phrases keep Austin weird. And that is, I feel like that is evolving. There's definitely still a lot of weird parts about Austin, but. But now it's like turn Austin into Shake Shack. Yeah, um, there, there is a lot of that happening, but um, I think the heart and soul of the city is still there. There's still a lot of people advocating for, um, for small business ownership. Um, the city itself, I, I personally think, does a good job of um, wanting to keep it revitalized and keep it alive. Um, a lot of the grants that were formed during the pandemic were to keep um, historical landmarks open, different um, honky-tonks, different uh, restaurants, different places that have been around and institutions of the city for 50, 60, 70 years. They're making sure that they're, you know, taking care of them. So there's a lot of people that are definitely getting, unfortunately, like pushed out, like, because there is a lot of people that are coming here with money. And I mean, all those jobs that are popping up here are all like tech jobs. So it's like that automatically, I feel like leads to a certain notion of people who are going to have these kind of high paying jobs. So it's like, where do you put, I mean, that's the, that becomes the other thing. It's like, where do you put all these people? Cause it's like, 
Austin literally is pretty much, I feel like, building outwards. So I feel like the only way it can go is like kind of up. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you look at our skyline, and there's cranes everywhere. It's wild to see like it's everyone. Crane city. Yeah, people <laughs> say that the bird, local bird here is the crane because they're literally everywhere. If you look in the outline, there's like probably like 50 or 60 cranes. So I think that's where the city's going is just kind of up. So yeah, yeah. see. Well, uh, thank you two so much for, for joining us today. We really, we really appreciated your time. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, thank you all. Yeah, next time you're in Texas, come say howdy. Come grab a taco. We're yeah, here all of do. the time. We'd love to show you. <laughs> we would love that. And thank you for everything you did during the blizzard to help people. Things we can do. Yeah, for sure. There are a million bad ways to start your morning off. The no coffee traffic jam. The soggy morning jog. So why is the dog taking so long? Just go already, walk. But you can unleash your ideal day with a perfect shower using Method hair care products. Designed with high-quality ingredients, Method's new range of shampoos and conditioners will give your hair undeniable softness and shine. And hey, if you're a night shower kind of person, that's great too. Try pure peace infused with peony, rose water, and quinoa protein. Or simply nourish, crafted with coconut, rice milk, and shea butter or Daily Zen made with cucumber, seaweed, and green tea. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Shop methodproducts.com. Okay, Daniel, we should kick off this portion of the show by talking about the state of the reopening and closing in the restaurant industry. Great. As we usually do. So as we mentioned already, Texas is wide open. They are now open at 100% capacity. You don't have to wear a mask anywhere based on state law. Um, but there's a general reopening happening across the country that we're seeing. Boston, Massachusetts, um, where I'm from, they are open 100% inside. Chicago has opened up to 50% capacity. San Francisco is opening indoor dining for the first time. LA should be following suit soon. Uh, Louisiana bars can now reopen for the first time, regardless of the positivity rate. So before they could only reopen if they were, you know, in some safer areas. And now you can open your bar no matter what. And restaurants in Louisiana are at 75% capacity. You know, especially with the warm weather coming on, it just, it, it feels like, I mean, it feels certainly whatever the next step is after light at the end of the tunnel, you know, like yeah. you see the light and you're like walking towards it for a while. And maybe like there's a time when you get bored and you're like, yeah, I see the light it's still kind of far away, but uh, I feel like we're there. I hope so. But you know, I listen to the daily, I read the reports that we are not out of the woods yet. So good to remember, uh, the CDC is very alarmed at a lot of these reopenings, especially the Texas one, where it's like, why do you why do you not have the mask mandate? Why? Just just keep it. Yeah. Giddy up. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. yeah. Cases are like where they were. I was listening today that they're where they were during the second big wave. You know, when a lot of people were panicking, it's just now since we've been through the third wave, we're like, oh, this this isn't so bad. Perception is everything. So, I mean, I think that I think it is. Yeah, I don't know. I think that, you know, there's there's confidence growing from the growing percentages of people that have been vaccinated. Um, uh, boredom is 
setting in again. The the biggest story in my mind of this week, <laughs> which was such a blip. You don't mean like, that. You don't mean ha- that. <laughs> <laughs> about a website, a very short-lived, I must say, website called Recipesly. And let me, I just want to read you the announcement tweet. It's from a guy named Tom Redman. Some personal news. Two friends and I created a new thing to fix online recipes. Smiley face emoji. Recipesly.com. Your favorite recipes except without the ads or life stories. Donut emoji. Feedback and retweets appreciated. Prayer emoji. Uh, do you yes. want to... Say what happened next. Tell us what happened next. I, I mean, I can just, I, I mean, people were not happy about that. People yes. were not happy about that. So the idea of the site was that it would pull from all these recipe blogs from around the internet and just, I guess, scrape the recipe so you don't have to read the intro. And there's this funny discourse, mostly, I think, on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those classic things where I play the game of... Um, do, am I a tech bro? (laughs) (laughs) Like you agree with them? No, but I mean, quote unquote, fix the problem. Like they fixed the problem, right? Their problem was they didn't want to read the stories and they just wanted the recipes. So they did fix the problem in their eyes, right? Like they fixed their problem. I just want to also add how swiftly this happened. Yeah. Like the guy announced it. And I think within hours, the whole site was taken down. Yeah. No, recipes he just is no got, more. He just got slammed on Twitter. Like, the replies are just nuts. Okay, so so he put up the original announcement at 4, <laughs> around 4 in the afternoon. By 7.42, he had a follow-up tweet. So, ellipsis, this has struck a chord. To the content creators, I'm sorry. Your recipe websites and blogs are amazing. (laughs) (laughs) We have nothing but respect and admiration for the time, money, effort, and years that that go into creating great recipes and websites. We don't want to minimize your results for that hard work, and we've built Recipesly carefully to make sure this doesn't happen. Clearly, how we're marketing Recipesly doesn't demonstrate that respect at all. We miss the mark big time, and I'm sorry. One of the great buzzwords, miss the mark. That wasn't it, chief. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, my real question, the only question I have with this is like, how did they expect to monetize and how did they expect to give back to the people who wrote the recipes? Cause like, I can fully understand the argument about the life story, whatever, but taking the recipe and reposting it is just stealing. Like you are just taking someone's, um, intellectual property and profiting on it. This is interesting. It's worth clarifying. Imported recipes are only visible to the user who's imported them similar to if a user had printed the recipe or copied it into a doc. That's hugely relevant. So it's just like a holding place for recipes that you've bookmarked, basically. So you have to find the recipe. But then why couldn't I just copy and paste recipes and put them in my own spreadsheet I think it's giving you your own like recipe kind of box. recipe book online yeah recipe box yeah he he then then that's an interesting product that he uh definitely sold wrong mm-hmm. yeah he missed the mark with the marketing of it as he says it's amazing how much how much backlash they got but look like the people who are on twitter often talking about these things are the people who make their money 
posting recipes. I mean, some of the things you always hear are like, it's important for people to stay on the page, right? It's important to give context. The, the thing that was most upsetting for me about this story was just like losing all the money I invested in recipes. <laughs> Maybe they'll have uh, a comeback. I hope so. Yeah. What, what are other things? It's like museums with no plaques. No? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, tell me about what's happening with Gwyneth. Right. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow is in hot water or maybe water heated with infrared uh, because she's not even in hot water. I, I take that back. But so she was called out by the uh, by the NHS, um, England's Nas National Health Services, because she wrote a blog saying uh, where she said that she suggested um, and this is. Uh, piece in, in the Guardian, she suggested that long COVID could be treated with intuitive fasting, co herbal cocktails, uh, and, and, and infrared sauna. She said um, if her functional medicine practitioner had helped her with some of these remedies, and she went on a keto, plant-based, blah, 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 um, drank some kombucha and kimchi. Was she a long hauler? Yeah. So she had long, she had long COVID. So what happened was... Do they um, call it long COVID? That's what... I, I don't know if it's an English thing or oh, what okay. it is, but... The Brits. Yeah. Always but something. But I have heard long COVID before. COVID. Have you not? Okay. Yeah. It's just people with like over a couple weeks. I just heard like long haul. But yeah. It's irrelevant. I haven't okay, heard long cool. haul. I don't know where, what really? circles you're running in now. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, long haul, I've heard the expression. I haven't heard that about COVID specifically. Oh, really? Okay. Well... Yeah. Long haul I'm, COVID? I'm, yeah. I'm glad we can bring a diverse point of view to the show. I have only heard long COVID. Anyway, yeah. Professor Stephen Powis, who is the National Medical Director for NHS England, uh, he said, in the last few days, I see Gwyneth Paltrow is unfortunately suffering from the effects of long COVID. We wish her well, but some of the solutions she's recommending are not really solutions, are not solutions that we'd recommend in the NHS. Oh, and here he goes, being poetic. Like the virus, misinformation carries across borders and it mutates and it evolves. So I think YouTube and other social media platforms have a real responsibility and opportunity here. What a strange, that is such a weird way of putting it. I think he's saying they have a, a social media platform, YouTubers and whatever, have an opportunity to shut up, basically. That's what he's saying, right? I guess my question is, what is it hurting for her to tell people to try kombucha? Amanda, I agree wholeheartedly thought, of course i thought you might yeah 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 it's not like there is here, yeah. a verifiable treatment at this moment that can help long haul or long no. covid sufferers and that she's directing them towards some you know bs like whether or not it's bs it's not like she's distracting them from the real thing they should be doing no she's not saying if you bathe in apple cider vinegar you don't have to wear a mask yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That would, and, be, and here, that would be damaging. And here she goes. She also suggested there was evidence for the uh, the efficacy of uh, sugar-free, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, I've been doing, I think this is the key line. I've been doing some major research and finding some great stuff to support what I'm doing. And she's not even saying that this is going to work. You know, like she's saying it's, it's working for me. I, you know what I will say. Um, I hate to say this, but amongst these ultra healthy people, a lot of them, a lot of, of these kind of keto influencers, not to lump her in with that, but whatever, um, do claim that they will, that COVID won't touch them really because they're so healthy. So it's not the best look for her to have long COVID. I mean, you know, go off, but. 
Well, I think that proves that those people are insane. I'm, uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying yeah, it's, I'm yeah, not. Yeah. I'm less likely to buy her candles or whatever, knowing that she. Well, she never said that her stuff would prevent you from getting COVID. That's my whole. That's the whole thing. Is like she's just saying, here are some things you can try if you've already had it. She never went out there and said, oh, if you buy my. Oh, I'm no. I'm not saying she's yeah. saying that, but I. But I do think a lot of these health influencers are more. A lot of these new agey health influencers tend they tend to be more skeptical of COVID and say like, look, if your immune system is up to snuff. I'm just saying, don't you dare bring her into that group. <laughs> really, you don't think? <laughs> I don't care. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, she's clearly. I just think you're you're bringing them all together. Like, oh, it looks bad on her that she got it, since people who are in that, you know, genre, think you can't get it if you're healthy. But who knows? Maybe she took it very seriously from the beginning. I think this, this th- personally, like I threw out a bunch of my Gwyneth products after hearing, hearing that she had <laughs> long COVID. But I mean, just to show you what kind of article this is, like, you know, okay, so then it brings up that they she had to pay a substantial claim for some vaginal eggs. And then last year she began selling a This Smells Like My Vagina candle. It's just like, you don't need, I mean, maybe, I don't know, as, well, I mean, as I a fellow, she, is this context she, necessary? Yes, because she has done a lot of dangerous stuff. And I think the the dangerous things she has done should be taken seriously. I just don't think this qualifies Mm -hmm. because she's not suggesting that people ignore health advice and instead follow some woo-woo regimen. It's just like, hey, it's not going to hurt if you eat more kimchi. Maybe it will help you feel better. I don't think any expert would say that, yeah that kimchi is a net negative either and neither is um ultra um, uv or or, or, you know radioactive sauna suits or whatever just sleeping in (laughs) radioactive waste that's what she says right anyway so i just um here is a here is an absolute whataboutism argument that doesn't land at all but no one seemed to have a problem amanda with the 105 year old woman who survived covid and and claim that it was because she ate a lot of gin-soaked raisins. The gin-soaked raisins, right? Everyone's like, she's right, ha ha ha. But you know, the second Listen Gwyneth, this lady. the second Gwyneth <laughs> says that it's good to bathe in antelope, fermented antelopes. People are like, she's dangerous. So it's just you know, I want, I just want fairness in the world. That's really yeah. what I strive for. Yeah, but again, again, I'm just saying. People should probably not listen to Gwyneth when it comes to their vaginas, but eat more kimchi. Sure. So anything north of the border, you're okay. You'll you're you're down. Yeah. Yes. 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 Just want to add that disclaimer. Um, Okay. What else is going on, Daniel? All right. In in probably more in much more important news. uh, Have you did you hear that Dunkin' Donuts is now selling avocado toast? No, but okay. Cool. Interesting. Yeah, that's it. No, I, I just my question is this about avocado toast. And I think it's time, Amanda, you give your as someone who's been in this business for more than 10 years. Yeah. Give us a little rundown of avocado toast. My question is, is this the end for avocado toast? Right. Like is no, or I is think this it's the now, beginning. I think it's just now become a normal mainstream breakfast choice that is available everywhere and is delicious and wonderful and we can stop saying this is like a millennial thing or an australian thing or a trendy thing it's just it is a delicious food to have avocado on avocado toast, toast is delicious yeah um what this means about duncan and what they're doing like they also just introduced matcha donuts so it seems like they're trying to throw a lot of shit at the wall right now um so i don't know how long it will be there or what it means right. for them 
Is it is it because we're so we're hyper aware of a brand like this adopting trends, or um, has Duncan been you know adopting trends forever, and we're just keenly aware of avocado toast and matcha? It seems to me Duncan hasn't changed in a long time, so like this does show that they're. I think they're they're always trying to add something to their breakfast food array yeah. like i remember a couple of years ago when they started experimenting with the meatless meat options um it's just hard for me i mean as a bostonite mm-hmm. it's a it's a coffee place everyone gets their coffee there i don't know a lot of people who eat the food there uh but maybe because when i, I was to. growing I up i used to smash donkeys really <laughs> i went to school outside of boston for two years yeah donkeys every day Sausage and eggs. What'd, what'd you have? Oh, really? Whatever. Yeah. All right. Flatbreads. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, even flatbreads. Like, I'm saying <laughs> these things now. And, like, flatbreads were a relic yes, of that time, flatbreads. too. Yes, flatbreads. Yes, so totally. I don't, I don't think this is anything new. It's just, like, the avocado toast, There's there hasn't been an arrival to the food, kind of to the, like, mainstream food world that has had as giant a rise as avocado toast that I've ever seen. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. as astronaut and while remaining while remaining good to to, you know, kind of highfalutin people. And also you can say it as like, a, oh, you know, that restaurant's kind of basic. They do avocado toast. It's like yes. it's it's managed to straddle a lot of worlds. Yeah, it can convey a level of basicness, but then also anyone would find it delicious and have it for breakfast. Now I find you go to uh, trendy restaurants, like new restaurants that are kind of, you know, aware of media, aware of trying to be cool. And they'll have kitschy things on their menu, like, like dot, dot, dot. Yeah, we have an avocado toast, right? Mm -hmm, Like they mm -hmm. can't just, they can't just be like, and avocado toast. Right. It has to be like a wink. They have to be a little bit ironic about it. Here's a question um, from this CNN article. Amanda, guess how much avocado is consumed in dollars how much avocado is consumed in america per year no idea take a Tell take me. a guess you don't want to guess do you hate guessing no do you hate guessing i hate guessing you hate guessing, hate guessing. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean i guess as a as a podcasting it's not exactly the most fun uh if you had fun in this segment email us digest at eater.com six six and a half billion dollars Oh my God. Big game. That's a big game. That's a big game. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something. All right. uh, Let's move on. Um, Last dumb story with Dan. Not dumb, but uh, somebody found this is actually just a story about why the English are funny, but somebody found a bottle of peace in their HelloFresh box in the UK. Yeah. It was like a Coke bottle filled with urine. Wow. Ew. Ew. (laughs) That's horrifying. (laughs) Is it? I mean, is it not? I mean, yeah. 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 This yeah. is horrifying. <laughs> yeah. what, if you opened, what if you open your grocery box and there's a bottle of piss in it? So according to this article in The Independent, the bottle was just kind of sitting on top of the box, right? Like, it wasn't really in. And HelloFresh doesn't deliver Bev's, right? So it wasn't like... Right, right. So someone was fucking with this person. I think that a delivery worker was took a piss in their car and threw it down somewhere and it ended up in the in the bag oh i see i mean yes we're making assumptions here but i think that's probably what happened yes anyway so some guy and that's disgusting (laughs) (laughs) some guy in the uk tweets hey hello fresh uk i'll keep it simple 
Why have I received someone's bottled up piss as part of my order? Look forward to your response on this one. And then the guy says, give me an address. I'll ship it to you and you can have a whiff in case you're skeptical. I'm, I guess why I don't think it's that gross is probably because I'm reacting to this dude because like, I, I just don't see any benefit in publicly tweeting like there. It's so easy for them to find the order and then get rid of the, 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 the dude or whoever is on the delivery. side. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like just send them an email. And then he goes, <clears throat> the last thing I would want and, and much later after this became a thing, the last thing I would want is for anyone to get sacked or in trouble as a result of this incident. OK, yeah, because someone on Twitter yelled at you. He said that um, uh, HelloFresh has been very apologetic. That's shocking. And he said, I just didn't expect so many people to care. It's all taken me by surprise, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just a good English expression there also. Just never, never tweet. That's the rule. Just don't. Just don't. Yeah. Yes. Like, you don't know. Maybe a lot of people are going to care. And then it's inviting a world of pain to you. Amanda, I think we should wrap. I think that's enough. I think that they have heard enough shtick for one day. They have. Uh, they have. This has been a pleasure. Thank you to Sarah and Edgar of Nixta. Uh, if you live in Austin, go check out what they are doing there. And we will be back in a couple weeks with more. Cheers, which is the thing I never say. I can't believe I just said that. God, I hate that. I don't hate when people say cheers. I just, it's not me. Uh, okay. And if you have any feedback, email us at digest.eater.com. Thank you, everyone. Cheers. to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.